Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Council. I'm Brad Hull. I'm here with Kevin Hickey and Caitlin Brainerd. Hello. We are attorneys with Hickey and Hull Law Partners. And last time we recorded, we were pretty heavy on sports and me. So I'm not going to take as much time today. I've been kind of dealing with some illness as well. So Caitlin's got some some criminal topics that she's going to carry us on. I will say one thing here because we always like to start with something that's not the main legal topic and I didn't really have anything until about five minutes ago I was scrolling Twitter and I I found what I thought was a bit of a gem. The AP style book tweeted out that they recommend avoiding general, general and often dehumanizing quote unquote, the labels such as the poor, the mentally ill, the French, the disabled, the college educated Instead, use wording such as people will with mental illness and use these descriptions only when clearly relevant. Well, I didn't even catch it, but <laughs> that tweet is now hilarious to me because a few hours later, the Associated Press tweeted, the use of quote unquote the French in this tweet by us was inappropriate and has caused unintended offense. An updated tweet is coming, upcoming. So that just to re- read that again for you, they said labels such as the poor, the mentally ill, the French, the disabled. So I got a kick out of that. People experiencing <laughs> Frenchness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, people, with, people with Frenchness instead <laughs> of the French. <laughs> All right. What do you got for us, Caitlin? Okay. Well, so I think today we're mostly going to just hit on what is the difference. uh, Well, actually, we'll just start with what are criminal offenses in Arkansas. So we have two types of criminal offenses. You can have like ordinance violations and other sorts of violations, but I'm talking about an actual violation of a statute that the state of Arkansas has established. So you can either have misdemeanors, which are punishable by a fine or up to one year in the county jail, or you can have felony charges, which will put you in the Arkansas State Penitentiary. Um, So the felonies, they range from almost no punishment and a very low very low fine, like $500, um, up to, like I said, one year in the county jail and a fine of up to $2,500. Those misdemeanors. That's that's the misdemeanors, right? Yeah, those are just misdemeanors. So you're never going to be facing penitentiary time if you've committed a misdemeanor. And you're thinking of like small things. So like um, a DWI or maybe like, You know, a traffic ticket can sometimes give rise to a misdemeanor, something that's not an egregious offense against the state. Um, Most people are going to have misdemeanors. Those things are, like I said, fairly simple, pretty easy to get off your record, and it's not going to have the huge hangover that a felony is going to have. Your felony offenses, 
that's going to come with penitentiary time. So anytime that you get sentenced to on a felony, you're not going to be going down to county. You're actually going to be booked in as a felon. And that ranges from zero years in the state pen all the way up to life. And there are varying degrees of felonies that carry different sentences with them. Um, So for the felonies, you've got class D, C, B, A, and Y, and that goes from least serious to most serious. And your range of sentencing for each of those felonies is also going to depend on your criminal history. So if you've never had a prior felony, you're going to be looking at whatever the very minimum is up to whatever the prescribed range is. So for a D felony, you could be sentenced from zero to six years in the state penitentiary if you've got no prior felonies. Um, But the state also has laws about how your sentence will be enhanced if you do have prior felonies. A lot of times prosecutors will refer to this as small habs or big habs, which is just small habitual offender. So someone who's committed one to four prior felonies. And then a big hab is a big habitual offender. And those are people who have four or more prior felony convictions. So each felony conviction will add up and can change your sentencing range for any future felonies that you commit. So a couple of things that I noted there when you were talking is one of them, you said um, with a misdemeanor, you're not going to do penitentiary time, penitentiary time. Correct. You're not going to prison. Yes. But there are there is an exception to that, which is if you have a suspended sentence from a prior felony that could come back into play by committing a misdemeanor. Right. Yeah. So typically what happens with a suspended sentence is you're charged with a felony and you agree with the prosecutor to make a deal where you're being placed on almost like probation, where you've got a prescribed amount of suspended time that you have to stay completely out of trouble. Um, At the end of that prescribed time, they can either drop the charges or if you messed up and if you violated the terms of your suspended sentence, then the prosecutor is just going to refile those felony charges and can retry you on that original charge that you've violated. And oftentimes, like you said, it's going to be something like picking up a new misdemeanor charge that's going to violate your SIS, or maybe getting violating a no-contact order would be enough to uh, violate your SIS, and then you're facing another felony. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal Protection Plan. 
Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. The other thing um, that I noted here, because I've had this actually come up, is that with a felony, you're not necessarily going to do time in prison. <clears throat> I have been able to negotiate multiple felonies where my client did time in county and they were able to avoid prison because, you know, for the, they didn't have to do as long of a sentence and they got most of it suspended and they got probation, but they did a week or two in county. So with a felony, it doesn't, it doesn't close the door to serve some of your time in county, but typically if you get a sentence from a felony charge, it's going to be prison time. You're going to go to prison. You're going to go to actual prison, not county jail. Yeah. So it's interesting that you bring that up. I was in a mentor meeting today um, with a former chief public defender and then a current public defender and another person who practices criminal law. And we were talking about using county jail time in conjunction with a felony sentence. So the prosecutor can offer up to 180 days in the county jail plus probation. And that will be satisfactory for like a felony sentence. But yeah, so if before you go to plead, you spend time in the county jail, every single day that you spend incarcerated, whether it's in the pen or whether it's at the county jail, if it's pretrial, that's all racking up like money that you can get to apply toward your costs or it'll rack up time that you can apply toward your ultimate sentence. So um, for somebody who's sentenced to, you know, probation, you want the however many days that they spent in county before they pled to be applied to their fines and fees because there's no time to take off and that'll take care of some of their fines and fees. That that was a question I had is um – it's pretty much automatic that if your your client's spending time in the county jail, that that's going to count toward their their felony pen time, right? I mean, yeah, I know it's so. I mean, do prosecutors ever try to try to argue that that time doesn't count? They have to be given at least the monetary value of the time that they spend in incarceration. So the prosecutor may not necessarily allow. Well, I don't even think that the prosecutor can force the court to, you know, count that toward someone's sentence, but the judge does have to give credit for all of the time that someone has spent in jail. So it's not really even up to the prosecutor as if that counts. Now, like sometimes I guess if you wanted to do county jail time in lieu of a sentence, that would be fine. Like if your client's sitting in the county jail for a year or more and the prosecutor's like, well, that's all that they would have done if they had been to the pen and want to say that that jail time's good enough in lieu of, you know, sending him to the pen. I think that that's within their discretion, but you're always going to get the equivalent cash dollar amount for the time that you spent in jail on sentencing. And, and what, a, <clears throat> sorry, what about, um, just talk a little bit about the, the one to six oh, that, yeah. that you always hear about. So there's a kind of convoluted sentencing grid that you can find online. And it's like got a bunch of lines and stuff on there that doesn't make any sense. But if you look at the grid at about the halfway mark, there's a really big black dark line. 
And that is what we refer to as above the line and below the line. So the line, there's the above the line, and that's one half, one fourth. So you have to serve at least half of your sentence. And then with good time, if you're eligible and if you can accrue the good time and if the AC gives it to you, then you could become parole eligible at one fourth of your sentence. So after completing a fourth of your sentence, if it's an above the line offense, you can get out on parole. If it's below the line, then it's one third of your sentence. And then half of that for good time is one sixth. So you only have to spend at least a sixth of your sentence in the pen before you become parole eligible. And the ADC is their own beast. They make up their own rules. The courts do not have jurisdiction over them. Um, so the ADC is the one who determines when you're parole eligible, not the courts. And if you talk to any habitual offenders, they they know that law very well. Oh, yeah. And I, there's not a lot of math that I can do, but I can do parole eligibility math. So before we sign off here, one thing I do want to talk about is uh, federal sentencing is a little different. And it's kind of interesting to me because of the way they treat it differently. So we can go more in depth at another time. But Kevin had some experience with this. and I'd like for him to just touch on it for a minute. Well, the 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 saying is that uh, you need to plan on really having two trials when you're representing someone in federal court. And that is the uh, guilt phase of the trial. And then the sentencing phase is a whole other trial because it's set for another time. And it really is that way. There is that much work involved in the sentencing. Uh, you get the sentencing guidelines manual for federal court and it's several hundred pages just on the guidelines. And, and there is a grid there as well similar to what Caitlin was talking about, but uh, that is definitely a, an involved discussion we probably ought to do sometime. Yeah, I was watching uh, that Madoff documentary and saw the sentencing hearing and everything, and I was thinking about that when you were talking. But we'll, we'll save all that for another yeah. day. We'll cut it off here, and everyone have a, have a good day, and thanks for listening. Have a good day. Bye. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.